0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another installment of and Family Fun Time. My name is Cody Bankson. I am your host and game master. Hope you are all doing well. Hope you're hanging in there. Very excited to be back uh, after our brief hiatus for episode 7 of Doves and Demons, previously on Doves and Demons. The Paranormal Investigation Group located the central den of the giant badger that they had been tracking, where they found two large alpha badgers that had tattoos labeling them as Bucky and Betty. Not only that, but they found a the badger that Frag and Shannon had encountered previously in the sewer tunnel wounded. They then, after the ensuing conflict, they then managed to eradicate the two alpha badgers while also subduing and capturing adolescent badger that they had tracked. From there, they conducted some investigations and found that these badgers seemed to be the result of some sort of strange uh, experiments that Shannon would later uncover seem to be carried out by a former UW professor by the name of Brent Banner. The team then outfitted the Atlas Badger with a disguise and hid it in the back of the RV where it is currently being held in a large cage. In order to dispose of the evidence, the team constructed a cover story that they needed to defibrillate sewer gas and that there might be some smoke coming out of the sewer grates. Uh, Hazel uh, alerted the sheriff to their actions so that he could cover for them. And then they went down into the badger den with some mullet cocktails and set everything on fire. So I think that's pretty much what you all need to know going into this episode. I will let you get on with things and talk to you again at the end of the episode.
1: What do you guys want to do next? Find somewhere to put this giant
2: goddamn badger. (laughs) (laughs) I got a garage at my house. Are you just going to keep a giant
3: badger in there? This doesn't sound like a great plan.
2: You got a better idea, Jimmy? Jimmy's
3: going to go look and see if he can find any recently closed zoos that might be for sale. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Jimmy's got a plan.
2: I mean, I feel like there might be some of those up by the Dells. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense.
3: Maybe not just sort of like a zoo, but maybe like an old like circus attraction in the Dells.
2: Yeah. Exhibit Hall or something like yeah. that.
3: Barnum fucking wild exotic animal safari exhibit. Yeah, something that might have like a larger enclosure where you can just badger for stuff. Gosh, I have no idea how to resolve that. Um, <laughs> I
4: mean,
3: we will say, yeah, like find one. I think it's just a question of whether or not like Jimmy... On, a, on the Miller plant salary if he's going to be able to afford to buy like this much land.
2: Could we get a stipend from the sheriff's office to just you rent? Know. We could rent a barn outside of Madison. Yeah, we're not going to raise this thing as a pet,
3: you know. We <laughs> I mean, just... It kind of sounds like what Jimmy's trying to do. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean, for the short term, we, we just need a place that we know we could keep for a couple three months while we figure out a plan at the moment. Okay,
3: I'll say you're able to work out with the real estate agency that owns the old wildlife exhibit. Oh, this fucking place, you know, we just can't get rid of it. now that the Dallas is moving towards water parks, nobody has time for wild animal safaris, things like that. We'll give you a little bit of a we'll give you a little bit off on the uh, the monthly rent if you're willing to you know take it off our hands for a little while. Yeah, Jimmy's just trying to do, set up a short-term rental as cover story. Look, we busted this exotic animal dealer, so we got to, like, store the animals somewhere short-term <laughs> while we relocate them. Yeah, we just need this place for a little while. They're going to ask for a three-month lease. All right. Are you going to, like, drive up on weekends and make sure it's got enough food and water or something? You're going to have to work that part out.
2: Frag, where are you living these days? <laughs> <laughs> Is
3: Frag going to go live with the badger and the dells? <laughs> well, I mean, that's kind of seeming like the best after now. <laughs> i imagine you guys got to play some shows up in the Dells from time to time.
4: Oh yeah, we got we got a lot of action going on as a Kiss cover band in the Dells, and yeah, I would I would mind having a pad to you know, crash out. Around the dells, you know,
2: you can stop living in your Yugo.
4: Yugo is really
3: nice. Does Frank live in the Yugo? Did we establish that? It would make sense. Frank's
4: a little (laughs) bit of a nomad, he kind of likes to live, you know, by his wits. That's what you could call it. I grew up (laughs) with half wits, you know, check on the badgers, see if he wants to do some blow or something, you know.
2: I don't think giving a giant badger an amphetamine or or any kind of upper would be a great idea, Frag.
4: Uh, I'll, I'll take that health advice under advisory, thanks, Hazel.
2: Yeah, just like every <laughs> other health advice you've ever been given. <laughs> oh God! Now the, the buddy comedy
3: of Frag and Badger.
2: <laughs> hey, Frag, what are you gonna name him?
4: The Badger. Yes, the Badger. Yeah. I, I, I Oh, what are we good. Be talking about? I, I, I don't know. I, I, you know, I, I wasn't really conscious for a couple of minutes, so I, I wasn't sure. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what? Yeah, I imagine I'm... Frag is still like nodding off occasionally. <laughs> what? What's wrong with Bucky? Bucky works. I mean,
3: he'd be Bucky Junior. His father yeah. was Bucky. Bucky B- the J. second. Bj Badger. BJ. <laughs> yeah. Did you get under there and check? Are we sure this one's a male?
4: Uh, you know, I've done some strange things in my party time, but, you know, I'm not getting down on all fours and checking this shit out. <laughs> it can remain a mystery for me. I think Bucky is kind of, you know, non binary Gender neutral. I
3: definitely, this is not a conversation you guys would be having in the 80s, that's for sure.
4: <laughs> <Yeah>.
3: <laughs> Nobody was that woke in the 80s. Frag is going to take BJ Badger and move into the old exotic animal exhibit up at the Delfts. Not where I expected this to go, but like, now that we're here, I think it's a pretty good solution. Um, I'm not going to trust Frag with doing a real estate deal, so Jimmy would drive maybe.
2: up. I'm going to tell Shannon that I'm really intrigued by this Brent Banner.
3: Brent Banner.
2: Brent Banner character. We ought to go to the courthouse, see if we, what we can find about maybe any property that he owned in the area. See if he was a... A landowner? He might still be around. got to okay. go
3: find out where his land is. is he you land? Because he owned any land.
2: And he
1: could have space for a laboratory that <laughs> looks like something else, like a shed.
2: Right, right. We're, we're going in search of his secret lab, starting with the county courthouse records.
3: Yep. Action-packed trip to the but assessor's office. But I also want office.
2: to call, I want to
1: radio into the station and ask for the last known address of Professor Brent
3: Brandon uh, Banner. Banner. Brent banner. banner. <laughs> I think in the 80s, they probably weren't still doing, like, switchboard, but, you know, it's like they just had, like, computer database with all this stuff in front of them. So you kind of radio it in, and they kind of look it up, and they get back to you, and they're like, uh, they're like, yeah, uh, you know, last known address is out, um, uh, yeah, he lived out near uh, Verona, but uh, it looks here like his uh, house was repossessed a few years back. By who? The The bank. Like you know, he didn't uh, didn't make his mortgage payments, got uh, got repossessed by the bank, and they uh, uh yeah I, I don't know what happened after that. Presumably somebody um, else bought it.
1: Do you have well, any record it's still, that it's been purchased? The police wouldn't. We'd have to go to the courthouse to know if anyone had recently purchased it. I say yeah. we just thank that person for the address and go out there.
3: Not a bad idea.
1: All right. Can I have the address,
3: please? I'm not going to bother making up a fake address, but yeah, it gives you an address. (laughs) that's say it's off of Highway 18 near, happy little coincidence, Badger Prairie County Park. Police seize any of his stuff since, like, because he's a wanted criminal, right? Some of this, like, might have gotten taken in as evidence. They do, like, the police auctions, cars and shit, and they, like, auction it off to people. I think maybe, like, a lot of his, like, research notes. Taken in as evidence They're
2: still in a police file somewhere
3: They're tucked away in like a dusty evidence room. Jimmy would try to track those down Any evidence the police would have seized From from old BB
1: Hazel and I um, Are gonna jump on my
2: motorcycle And go out there Oh boy <laughs> So Shan's got a Harley does she Or he Yeah he would
3: Imagine this really cute team up where Hazel hops on the back of Shannon's motorcycle. You guys drive out there. We're going to cut to... Frag, are you just hanging out with a Badger up in the dells? What are you doing?
4: Sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, uh, my face was involved. <laughs> Why do you always sound like you're so far away? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> just snap back to consciousness so fast. And, and it's a rough ride. Yeah, okay, what was the question?
3: Shannon and Hazel are following... They're investigating the professor's old house. Spooky's looking up his evidence, uh, the files, uh, I take it as evidence, I'm wondering if you were getting involved in any of that or if you were just hanging out up in the Dells with the Badger.
4: Uh, seems like this time I ought to go with Jimmy.
3: What What good are you looking
2: for? in a
4: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs>
3: No offense, Frag, but like, it's not evidence. I mean, not the evidence we're looking for.
4: Yes, I'm teaching the Badger three-card Monty, I don't know. You're welcome to tag along. I just don't, like... No, 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 no. Thanks. Th- hey, th- th- thanks for that heartfelt invite, but no, I... I <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, you hurt Frank's feelings.
4: I think, I think I'll think i just go hang out with BJ up here and uh, interrogate him some more.
3: Just to be clear, interrogating does not mean giving cocaine to, right?
4: Because,
2: Frank, you You're, know cocaine is not a truth serum, right?
4: Well, it has, it hasn't been proved in the United States yet, but I, 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 <laughs> <laughs> I sure. guess rags in his you go headed towards the Dells. I imagine you guys are like
3: using that as like your new practice studio or something for the drag disc dummies. Like. Yeah.
1: It's a crash pad. It's a badger it's a dirty it's a rehearsal on the floor. studio. <laughs> All
3: right. So, Jimmy, yeah, you kind of go down into like the basement, you know, the evidence uh, locker, and you're looking around, and, you know, B, you find like B for banner. Do, like, a Dove's roll with three dice. Oh, my God. Four, five, and a six. Is there somebody I can talk to who might know where this shit's at? Yeah, I was going to say that you found it. The roll was more, like, uh, to determine, like, the quality of the information that you recover.
4: Well, then my question would be... Uh, fuck. I don't know. One success. <laughs>
3: okay. Partial success. You're looking through the files. And you're kind of able to find, like, drawings of Badger anatomy and books on it, too. I like where he's kind of scratched in notes uh, himself. But there's also books on nuclear chemistry. uh, Specific places on gamma radiation are, like, highlighted. And you see he wrote things in the margins. Mutations, question mark? Uh, Regeneration, question mark? Things like that. But underneath regeneration says says some supreme soldier project. Uh, It's a lot of chicken scratch. You're also kind of able to determine like, this dude, like, you get a very, like, kind of beautiful mind sort of feeling to, like, the notes that he found, where it's, like, very sporadic and chaotic and it might have made sense to him, but, like, you as a relatively sane person are having a hard time grasping what what he was trying to get at here. How much, like, background info on gamma radiation specifically is there? I would say there's, like, a decent amount. You can sort of gleam from what you find, uh, evidently, like, uh, probably, this is probably obvious, treating with gamma radiation to try and get them to regenerate uh, damaged tissue. In terms of, like, you know, information on gamma radiation, there's fairly advanced stuff in there. Some tests done by other professors in other departments, maybe in other universities. Is there enough information that I could try to improvise a device that would be able to track specifically gamma radiation? That's something you're probably going to need help with that. Is there anybody on campus who isn't a crazy guy trying to make a Wolverine Hulk badger? Or any of his notes for, like... Like, this researching coming from somebody else on campus, because I guess I'd try to go to that person if possible. Say that, like, some articles written by, like, another professor, like, at the university who, like, studied nuclear chemistry. Jimmy would grab that 7B like, to the Action RV! Well, Jimmy's in in transit. Shannon and Hazel pull up to the, the house. It's like a, you know, kind of quaint little farmhouse out uh, outside of the city of Verona, kind of just like a little country road. Uh, It looks like it's been kind of recently, you know, renovated. Yeah, I mean, you pull up. This is all happening like immediately after the events uh, that we've been talking about. (laughs) I
1: want to go look around for, or like just, I checked the area to see if there's any sheds or Barn
2: like structure.
3: So you're just you're just walking around the property. You're not going up and knocking on well, the doors.
2: While Shannon <laughs> is is casing the joint, I'm gonna go up to the front door. <laughs> so so I'll be distracting while Shannon's looking around.
3: You're a police. Why
2: do you need to distract
3: anybody? But you're doing the right but thing. you don't have a warrant. Yeah. It. We already covered this in the last in one of the last sessions that you can't just show up and just start poking <laughs> through people's personal belongings. <laughs> I'm
1: not. I'm just walking around observing things. And,
2: Other people would call that trespassing.
3: And
1: Hazel, yeah. <laughs> Hazel.
2: You know, Shannon was not always a buy the books kind of cop. Yeah, Shannon's really
3: buying into that whole sort of uh, cops just do whatever the fuck they want kind of mentality.
2: It's the
1: <laughs> 80s, guys, and I was a cop in the 60s.
2: So I'm going to go knock on the door while Shannon's nosing around.
3: There's like a young mom, she answers the door, and uh, she's like, yeah, yeah, can I help you?
2: I flashed my uh, identification fairly quickly, hoping that she doesn't ask to, for a closer look. And said, "I'm with the sheriff's department. We just had some questions about the professor who used to own this property."
3: He's like, "Yeah, I mean, I uh, you know, I never met him. Bought the house at like an auction. I uh, you know, got uh, repossessed by the bank or something like that. So yeah, we uh, yeah, what, never never knew him, never met him before."
2: What shape was the property in when you took possession? I mean, you know, it was, uh,
3: it was a fixer-upper, I'll say that much. Like, uh, you know, he definitely had to do some renovations on the
2: place. Do you have any evidence that he might have been doing some research here, some animal research, like any cages in the basement? He leave anything behind? You know, usually when people move in, they might find a little something hidden in the corner, in the attic.
3: No, yeah, I mean, by the time we bought the house, the police you know, cleared out the belongings and everything. It was just an empty house when he moved in.
2: So were there any outbuildings?
3: I uh, know. I mean, there's like there's like an attached garage. No like sheds or anything like that.
1: Um, I walk back up and I say, "Good day, ma'am."
3: Like, hi, boarding officer.
1: Would you mind if I just uh, walked out in the prairie on your land just to see if I find anything odd out there?
3: She's like, uh, "Yeah, sure. Help yourself, I guess."
1: Thank you, ma'am. And if uh, there's anything you need
2: while we're here, please do let us know. <laughs> okay. I'm just going to go with Shannon, since this lady has no information for us. I'm thinking <laughs> there might be, like, hidden, you know, like a if, bunker. Yeah, like um a tornado shelter.
1: Yeah, like a bunker lab.
3: Give me a doves roll. I'll say you get three guys. <laughs> bunker lab of horror. Yeah, I got two. one of the two. You're sort of walking around out in the out of the the prairie, kind of behind the house. All of a sudden, you're kind of walking along, and you hear like on the underneath your boot, you hear like a thud of wood. You're able to just like with your hands pull back a bunch of sort of grass and duff and debris that's sort of been matted on top of this, uh, and you find this like wooden cellar door that has evidently been lost over time, and it's got like a big old rusty lock on it.
1: Uh, Hazel, do you think you can pick this lock? Oh, sure, I
2: can. Yeah, you you mean, said I'll just,
3: that so confidently.
2: Yeah, okay. I'll just, just yeah, yeah I mean,
3: like, I don't think that's something I'm going to make you roll for. Uh, we'll just say, you know, with your survivalist sort of background, that that's something you've figured I out like, how to do, uh, and you're able to crack it open, you have access to the cellar door.
1: Do you think we should call the boys or go on down? Oh, let's not
2: bother them.
1: All right, let's do this.
3: Well, well yeah, I mean, Frag is like, a good 90 minutes away, anyway. Oh,
1: okay. Um, yeah, let's do this. Grab my flashlight, my gun, and I enter the cellar cop
2: style. Okay, and I'm uh, behind you, and I've got my bug-out bag with my various things. I got some specimen jars and duct tape, important stuff.
1: You have your flashlight out, too?
2: Yep so y'all descend down into this uh cellar
3: it's like it's dusty and old and the air smells kind of stagnant as you're kind of descending down in there and you see like a light switch that you kind of go to flick but there's no there's no juice no electricity left uh so you are just kind of shining your lights around and you notice what does look like old like there's like a good layer of dust on everything in here but you see sort of like a computer terminal, exam, examination table, and stuff like that. All
1: right. So, um, I follow. I go to the the light switch again, and I want to follow the wiring to like what call it, a
2: a breaker box. Thank you.
1: Yes.
3: You go to the fuse box, and uh, it's not working. Hazel, and you not, think? Not only is it not looking, it's like visibly damaged. Somebody okay. came in here and smashed in,
2: sabotaged. Okay. Sabotage. I'm looking around by the computer terminal to see if I could find the computer, the base, thinking that we could take that out of there with us and take it back to our HQ.
3: You're able to find the processing unit for this computer, but you know, this is like the 80s. Computers were not small back then, like, You're not going to be able to just, like, strap this to the back of Shannon's motorcycle, especially with you riding on the back of it as well.
2: Now, computers back then, they wouldn't have had a hard drive on them, probably. So I'm looking around to see if I find any floppy disks. No,
3: that's a good Uh, idea. No, nothing like that. Some equipment that's been left behind. There's no notes. There's no data. No floppy disks. Nothing like that. Just some old equipment. But then as you guys are kind of looking around you see big glass tube, like oh. big enough maybe like, like a giant badger would have fit inside Like
1: it. an incubator. Yeah. Um, but that's, and that's it,
3: also, it's empty. There's no like incubation fluid left in it. It's actually, it catches your eye because it's actually been smashed on the one side of it. It's like a big hole got smashed on the side of the glass tube. There's not any sort of indication what this was being used for. Yeah.
2: So when you say sabotage, does it look like like humans did this, or does it look like animal damage, like an animal rampage?
3: No, this was intentional. Whoever did this knew what they were doing.
2: Okay, and so that means that the tube itself was smashed from the outside, so that the glass is in. The broken glass is it was in. Smashed it. from the outside. Okay. All right. Okay, Hazel. Yes, Shannon. We know
1: about this. We know about this place. Uh, do you think we should go report back?
2: see if Jimmy or Frag have any information. I imagine mm-hmm. Frag is probably trying to interrogate BJ right now.
1: We get out of well, there. I think, I think
2: Frag's still just
3: driving up the highway to the Dells at this point. Oh, okay.
1: <laughs> so, I want to go up out ah, of
3: there. What a rock and roll all <laughs> Fist plumping on the way as you go. Oh, wait, no, I forgot. He's, he's taking the RV. No, no. I took the RV (laughs) to get the badger up there, but I'm not letting him drive it back and forth. Practice have RV driving privileges.
1: And I want to cover it up again. Owner won't necessarily see it. Get on my motorcycle and drive.
2: Jimmy wasn't able to find the boxes, so they're either intentionally or unintentionally lost. No,
3: Jimmy. Jimmy found some evidence. He found some notes. He didn't really, couldn't really make heads or tails of it. Oh, so he's going
2: to see his uh, the other professor. Yeah. Okay. I feel like we have evidence, Shannon, that he was some pretty rascally research down in that hole.
1: I agree, but we don't know who knows that yet.
2: Right. Good point. So we're heading back, what, to our headquarters? I think so. Unless
1: you're hungry, we can go to Monty's.
2: <laughs> let's, uh, let's go to Monty's. I've been curious about uh, what kind of meal you could cook up there, Shannon. Jimmy, do
3: you follow up on the... The nuclear chemistry professor. Jimmy's definitely interested in finding out more about gamma radiation, mainly how do you track it and possibly counteract it. You find uh, that professor, you look her up. Her name is Professor Cindy Thompson.
2: A good Wisconsin name. I'll go. I definitely don't want to go during student hours. drop guard.
3: <laughs> okay. So what are you? Are you like waiting for her to like go out to her car after work or something? No, no, I'm <laughs> like a creep about it. Like more like busting in her office and just like sitting down, like he owns the place. Right. wait until after classes are done, she's just back in her office creating papers or something. You just, I'll say, yeah, we'll just start with you just kind of walking in the door and she'll kind of look up, and be like, "Sorry, can I help you?" Jimmy's like, "Yeah, I'm hoping so." He just walks up, takes a chair. Tries to flash his badge again, but forgets it's not in his wallet. His new pick and save card just goes flying out. He's like, "God damn it!" <laughs> <laughs> like he's looking under a desk. Like, "Sorry, I just gotta find this. I just got this new one. Sorry, sorry, sorry about that." But the name's <laughs> Joe. I, I went to the Dane County PD. Uh, I just uh, have, have some questions to ask you about your research.
0: She's like, "Uh, sure.
3: What uh, <laughs> what would you like to know?" Uh, crash course in gamma radiation. She kind of eyeballs you for a second. And she's like, I, uh, I, that's not really the sort of thing that I can just sort of give you a crash course on. <laughs> All right, uh, the highlights. I mean, don't worry, I'm sharp guy. I'll keep up. I mean, <laughs> is there something, is there something specific you want to know about my research, what yeah. I've done? Well, it's not so much what you've done, but what somebody who admires your research is done with it. Do you, does the name of Brent Banner ring a bell? And she gets kind of, she, she kind of tenses up. When you say that name, she kind of looks around. Like, you know, like the door's closed and everything, uh, like, but she, kind of, like, she still kind of looks around. Where, why do you ask? Where did you hear that name? I, I got my sources, like I said, with, with, with the DK Sheriff Office. She's like, look, I'll tell you what I know. I was doing research on gamma radiation and the effects it has on wildlife in relation to sort of nuclear tests. One day, Banner came in here and was asking me about it. Yeah, you know, I told him what I knew. I gave him the, the evidence we had, and I kind of showed him some of the paper. You know, he's a colleague. considered it just kind of a, a professional courtesy. And then, next thing I know, all of a sudden I'm hearing these stories about weird shit he's doing with animals. What were your results? She was not able to reach any conclusive, consistent results, the effects that gamma radiation might have. Uh, she also explains to you that she's talking about, like, she was not necessarily trying to like militarize the like gamma radiation, the some of the notes that uh, you found in banners, kind of uh, hand drawn notes. And... So like Jimmy would be taking notes. He'd look up and he's like, so so no no giant mutant badgers or anything crazy like that, right? No no nothing like that. We you know, we didn't <laughs> that study that would be totally crazy. So yeah. Just, just <laughs> <what I'm... laughs> She's like you know we were studying all types of wildlife and animals. You know no specific species. What did you find in terms of, like, effect on organs? did find, in some cases, that certain species, certain organs kind of acted as, like, gamma filters, if you would. Cycle the toxins out of the bloodstream. Stuff like the appendix and the kidneys uh, filtered the, the gamma out of the bloodstream so that it wouldn't uh, circulate to the rest of the body. So if we shoot him in the kidney, then the gamma radiation will slowly kill him. <laughs> she was just like looking up and not saying anything for an extended period of time while he has this thought. Then and he's like but anyway. Think at some point she just kind of goes so. And <laughs> and <laughs> exactly, was like interesting very interesting. But well, what kind of like devices did you use for for measuring and quantifying gamma radiation? Uh, do you have any uh, in your lab? Pseudoscience, like a gamma detecting like device like a Geiger counter but you know for, for like a specific type of radiation I would say. She was like, "All right, I'm gonna to have to requisition that just temporarily." Well, do you have some kind of warrant or paperwork that that verifies <laughs> that for me? You can give her a receipt. It's not like this is my personal equipment; either this belongs to the university. Oh well, I mean that means it's definitely insured, so like I don't think it should be an issue. And you don't want to not cooperate with Dane County Sheriff's Office, correct? Uh, I I, I think you're gonna to have to give me a demon's roll on this one. <laughs> yeah, I'll the, say two dice. Like, uh, five and three, so partial success. I think with a partial success, she'll do it, but she's gonna need some. She's gonna need like some kind of paperwork. Jerry's willing to, to fill out the the required paperwork. He'll take the time. Something we can say just kind of happens off camera, quote unquote. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, we don't need to role play filling out reimbursement. More. <laughs> no, I don't think so. So, is there anything else you want to follow up on? You would just have a couple other questions for like, oh. is there any way to uh, counteract the effects of gamma radiation? I think that's something that she is still sort of working on. You know, I have theories, things uh, we're still sort of working on. Me and my me and my fellow researchers see if we can get any consistent lab results. Nothing that I can I can tell you works, you know, consistently across the board right now. You know, we're still looking into things like that. I Me mean, in my line at work, nothing works consistently after What's uh? But what's your best option so far? There's one of her colleagues has alternate sort of radiation, like wavelength, has shown to possibly counteract some of the effects from the gamma radiation. But she tells you that uh, one of her concerns is they still don't really know what's going on with this particular type of radiation. It may counteract the effects of the gamma, but they don't really know what it's going to do after that either. Jimmy's not quite as concerned about that kind of stuff, which he whispers <laughs> to himself. Also, just ask which colleague that was and what you thought of maybe breaking into his lab later to steal it. Sure, <laughs> sure. She could give you his contact info. Jimmy's like, well, thanks for your help. Here's, uh, here's all the t- paperwork. You know, crossed all the I's, dotted all the T's. Everything looks good.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he
3: just had that paperwork on hand. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I imagine Jimmy has a file folder out in the RV. He could run out and fill the paperwork fill for the paper <laughs> back. Yeah, he's got an accordion folder with all the necessary forms in her base. Kind of table that case for now. You, you, know, you solve the murder of the kid. You know, obviously, all of, like, the exact truth is not going to come out, like the Dane County Sheriff's public statement is animal attack. I'd say it's probably been, like, a week or two go by following up on the, the, the Banner case. And when uh, all of a sudden, one morning you get a call from Sheriff Ferris again, and he uh, he says to you guys, like, "I need you down at the the Lake Kaganza State Park, Pronto. What were y'all doing when you get the call from the sheriff? We'll say it's seven in the morning on a you know a weekday. What was happening in your lives uh, when you get this call? He's got another case for you guys.
2: For Hazel, sometimes I just wake up early, and I've been working on my memoirs, so that's what I'm doing. You're not working, <laughs> up working shifts at the Dairy Queen. <laughs> right, right. I mean, we don't we don't serve breakfast at our DQ. We're kind of old old school. I don't so. think Dairy Queen serves breakfast at all. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Finishing up my shift at the Monty's, I actually like get some coffee and donuts, and I uh, strap those thing of coffee and donuts to the back of my motorcycle and I head that way.
3: Frag,
4: what were you doing? <laughs> Frag was in this uh, pile uh, on a bed There was two or three people and a llama, so he, he had to... Put, he put... So, so I, I, I... Are you
3: living in the Dells now? You're living at the old uh, Barnaby Bailey's Exotic Animal Party.
4: Frag makes easy makes friends easy with a certain kind of person, you know. So you didn't answer my question at all. <laughs> oh, sure.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just another day of the life for Frag. You know, I imagine it probably probably got woken up when the sheriff called. Yeah, I'm not an early riser. No, no, no. Okay. <laughs> you can do it hanging out with the Badger in the meantime. But yeah, I'm curious, like, what sort of relationship has formed with Frag and BJ in the two weeks since he got moved up to the Dells? You know, I
4: I, I, I went over there one night with, you know, a bottle of Jim Beam and some paints. And, you know, I got him looking pretty good now. He looks like Vinny Vince, you know, lead guitar player. I came <laughs> all dressed up. <laughs> Yeah, trying to teach him a few chords. He he just he just, he just he's not very good at it. Probably gonna try the drums next week.
2: But yeah. well, looking at it this way, it's not like he needs a pick because he's got those long claws. Yeah, yeah,
4: yeah, yeah, yeah that's true. You know, it just you, you think I'd be a natural as a lead guitars. He's got a lot, of, a lot of claws, but he's not. You know, he seems to be kind of tone deaf.
3: Also a badger.
4: <laughs> well, yeah, well,
3: Most important well, you know,
4: but so, and so Jimmy, what were you
3: doing when you got the call? Jimmy's probably burning the candles at a couple ends at this point. Like he's trying to study up on gamma rays, make the like kind of gamma tester a little bit along like more long range, probably designed for, and also like trying to like observe the badger driving up to the dells like once or twice a week to just air on top of his normal normal work week. All right, a little frazzled right now. (laughs) He's like, oh, what, what? He's like, Bianchi, I need you down at Lake Gaza State Park. Oh, shit, all right. So I think probably, probably be the first one on the scene. Yeah, that tracks. Explanation of everything. We'll say that Shannon and Hazel more or less kind of show up in the kind of the first wave. Spooky and Frag, you know, coming from Milwaukee and the Dells, uh, respectively. Uh, You know, it's going to take them a little bit longer when uh, Shannon and Hazel get there actually there, and he like, greets you kind of at the scene. You guys roll up, taped off. There's cop cars, you know, everybody doing kind of control. And you guys are kind of rolling up into the uh, kind of campsite area at Lake Yonza State Park. Sheriff kind of thanks you for coming over, and he's like, Yeah, I imagine uh, Frag and Bianchi are going to be uh, a little bit behind you guys, so I'll just go ahead and get started here. Uh, we, got a, we got a double ha- homicide, a uh, young couple out here. Yeah, it's, uh, it's not pretty, I'll, I'll tell you that much. Yeah, I'll take you take this way. And it kind of takes you back into, like, the woods, kind of near the campsite, but not really, like, in any kind of campsite, kind of, like, out in the woods a little bit off the kind of beaten trail. The scene is this. There's one body, female, uh, young female, you know, mid to late 20s. She's been cut in half, pretty much at, like, the waist. Her remains laying of a large tree, and that tree seems to have a large slab taken out of it. A cut was made... The size slab has been taken out of the size of the tree, two feet wide, the width of a person. And then male victim, uh, he's on the ground. His head, his his cause of death was severe skull fracture, you know, massive trauma to the head. And when you're looking at his body, his head is sort of on one end of this massive footprint, like a massive humanoid shaped footprint.
1: Okay. Um, do we know the identities
3: of this couple? A couple, uh, young couple out here camping. Their names were the Smiths, and there was uh, another, another camper. Heard some commotion. Found them out here like this. Uh, went found the park ranger at the office and uh, phoned it in.
2: I want to go talk to that guy. Uh, All right. What you want to do? I'm going to stay here and examine the evidence. All right.
3: So, Shannon, we'll go with you.
1: So I go over there, and I uh, introduce myself, and I
3: say I'm Officer
1: Lanterman, just hoping I can talk to him about his experience camping last night, if if there's any weird noises or observations before he found the bodies.
3: Oh, sure. You know, like I was just, uh, you know, I was getting ready to, uh, I was actually sleeping in my camper here when all of a sudden I heard some some commotion going on uh, down at the north end of the campsites there. And so I, you know, I heard some shouting and some screaming. You know, I figured it was just one of the guests and a little tango with some local wildlife, you know, because that happens from time to time down here. You know, we get some we get some mean uh, raccoons every once in a while trying to take people's food. So I go down there with me broom. You know, I think I'm just going to kind of, you know, shoo off this raccoon. But I'm kind of walking through the woods and all of a sudden I start hearing, you know, real bad screaming, you know, like, uh, you know, these people need help. So I kind of pick up my pace a little and I hear a loud you know thud, and then I don't hear the screaming no more and you know as i as I'm getting closer, I know it's this the air it smells you know real bad, you know like if you if you kill a if you kill a moose and then you, and then you leave that moose laying around for a real long time and yeah. that moose gets all ripe and stinky that's more or less what this smelled like. And then, uh, so by the time I get there, though, no, I, uh, I don't really, I don't see nothing except for the two young folks who, uh, uh, uh whatever happened to them back there.
1: Ain't that a story right there? <laughs> oh, uh,
3: sure, you betcha. Oh,
1: yeah. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. Are there any other guests, um, staying around here?
3: There are some other folks staying at the campsite as well. Uh, nobody probably would have seen, you know, he, uh, he was the person on the scene definitely shitting his britches in terms of, like, holy shit, there's some dead bodies here. He's he's a campsite man. He's used to having some responsibilities. He may, he went back, called some folks right away, and made sure that none of the other campers kind of got nearby. So nobody else has really have any great have eyewitness.
1: Anything else like a uh, notably weird happen while you've been working here?
3: No, I mean you know we had uh, uh you know we every so while uh, we get some uh, some of the local li- wildlife wanders through here. You know they get a little too friendly with the with the guests. So you know I gotta I gotta shoo them away. But you know. Uh, you know, that's the most unusual thing I've had to deal with. You know, I've been I've been supervising this campground for eight years now.
1: Oh, wow. Congratulations, sir. That's a long time.
3: Oh, uh, thank you. I take pride in my work.
1: Oh, well, I can <laughs> tell. I can tell. How about the surrounding area? Is this all private?
3: I'll just kind of tell you kind of what's around Lake Kaganza State Park. Just kind of residential and kind of housing right outside the park. There's okay. actually only uh, one little part of the campground that's actually on the lake where there's like the boat ramp and like the swimming areas. And then most of the other lakeshore in that area is private houses and stuff like that, residential area. Towards the northwest corner of the of the camp is a uh, little restaurant on the lake that at that time would have been called the Sunnyside Resort. If you head west or south, you're just going to hit the lakeshore. If you head north or east, East, you're gonna head into. I'm pretty sure it's it's gonna turn into more of like a. It's less like residential. Like the shore, the shore is just a lot of the kind of the nice houses out there. And then as you head more inland, I'll just call it rather than give you cardinal directions. As you head more inland, it's more like agriculture.
1: I'm gonna walk back and just kind of see if I can see any footprints or anything on the way back.
3: Sure. 100%. Yeah. So I think it's it's probably safe to say that like the the C S I have found, you know, these large footprints, you know, around and other places have they sort of been investigating. And like these footprints are at least probably twice the size of a grown man's footprint. You know, there is even like the you know, guys in the NBA who wear like size sixteen shoes or whatever, even their feet are small in comparison to these uh footprints you found.
2: Okay. And so they're big and wide, and they, but they are. They're distinctly... proportionately
3: sized for a man who's very large.
2: Okay, so they're humanoid. Yeah. Five toes, that kind of thing.
3: You don't notice toes; they look more like boot prints.
2: Okay, huge boot. Ooh. And can we, if not, take some ta- uh, impressions of them, some casts? Yeah, I, mean, I think we... it's safe
3: to say that, like, some of the CSI guys are already doing something like
2: that. And so I. Just asking him, how deep are those prints? Can you tell based on how deep the prints are, how big this creature might have been?
3: Yeah, I don't know, like, how he says something like, um, you know, if, there, if this was a person, this guy would have to weigh at least 500 pounds.
2: Okay. So, have you seen anything like this in your other? Have you ever been called out to a scene like this before?
3: Have I been called out to a scene where there's a giant
2: involved? Uh, or this kind of damage to human beings?
3: No, I mean, like, you know, I've, I've worked worked a few homicides in my day. I don't think I've ever seen somebody just be cut clean in half before. This is definitely a first for me. Yeah, I've seen skull fractures here and there. But, you know, that guy, you know, let's, let's just say his brains look more like strawberry jam at this point. You know, if these guys knew what was going on here, like, you guys wouldn't get called in. Like, they, you know, they've done all, like, the... Typical CSI crime scene investigation yeah. type stuff. Like you uh, guys get called in on weird shit.
1: Alright, <laughs> so I wanna go look and examine the bodies to see if there's any weird symbols.
3: Have Jimmy and Frag arrived yet? I think at this point, yeah. I wanna I wanna see what Jimmy and Frag wanna do because we've got uh, we focused a lot on you two. So yeah, whoever wants to go first, what do you guys have an idea?
4: Uh
3: <laughs> Can, can we uh, bring out any tracking
4: dogs? The- Normal pr- police procedural stuff, like, is being done. I, I turned to Jimmy and say, it looks like the experiments have got further on. It's uh, <laughs> Paul Bunyan's size here uh, leading around a badger, or maybe Paul Bunyan is a badger.
2: So that's where you—that's where Frag goes to immediately. What,
3: what is Jimmy getting up to? What is Jimmy going to do in
2: Uh
3: Jimmy would have come blasting in, in the RV, pulling into one of the empty spots in the campground. Again, too fast. Might might hit the like little plug-in pole. This time he's blasting Cheap Trick. He's still listening to Top Gun tra- soundtrack. He's been on a real kick lately. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, Cheap Trick's playing this time. But yeah, as soon as he kind of found out what going on, he would be... Bring his kind of homemade gamma detector over towards the footprint and see if he's getting any readings. Okay. You do not detect any gamma radiation in the footprint. Son of a bitch! Am I confident that's because there's no gamma radiation and not that my... (laughs) I think at this point you've done enough sort of tinkering with your gamma uh, uh, detector that you mentioned that you're trying to get it maybe get a little bit longer distance. That aspect is still, you're kind of struggling with, you have had results. You've been able to sort of get results detecting gamma radiation when it's right in front of you with the, with the locator, and you don't get any from this footprint. I didn't hear it's, the thing about the smell earlier, obviously, because it wasn't there. Does it still, like, do I smell anything weird now? I don't think so. Not at the crime scene.
4: Do we see some sort of trail away from this mess?
3: They would have started following the trail kind of northwest, kind of like I mentioned towards that. Area, the Door Creek Wetlands Wildlife Area. It's a large humanoid. It's not a difficult trail to follow uh, until you get to the wetlands area and you kind of lose it in like the water, and that's where like kind of like the dogs kind of lose like the scent trail too.
2: Was the path kind of circular? Did it come out of the wetlands and then go back around to it, or?
3: Um, same path both ways.
2: Oh, okay, so back and forth.
4: It just came out of the swamp to murder these people and then went back to the swamp. <laughs> I I I think we need the aqua unit to come in and do some diving too, just see. Do what some diving into a wetlands. Or, I, I, or if they just want to hold their breath, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy's a little surprised Craig isn't just jumping in the water himself. I was tipped. I was thinking about it, just wading in, man. Telling me I can wade through it. Uh, Frag's doing it, man. He's just wandering in. Okay, you do that. Frag's wandering in. Murdering machine, where are you? (laughs) Headed, he's going to, I'm going to walk across, I'm just going to follow a straight line of where it looks like the path was, where it looked like the monster went in, and I'm going to walk across the wetlands, probably slugging my way through the wetlands.
3: So you're kind of at this point... So did anybody go with Frag? Oh, no. Oh, I mean, Jimmy nope. would have offered to put a rope around his waist and hold on to the other end, but I'm not sure <laughs> to the swamp. At this point, I kind of imagine that Frag has waded, you know, at least a few hundred feet into this kind of wetlands. And, you know, the cattails... Guns, guns ass. Guns ass. Kind of gets lost behind him. And you kind of, you kind of start to smell that. like Because I imagine the wetlands probably don't smell great. But you kind of start to smell out.
4: that putrid, kind of rotting, kind of smell that the. Can I, uh, can I walk? Can I walkie-talkie back to them? Do I have time to do that before something happens? <laughs> sure. What are you walkie-talkie? That it smells bad. Yeah. They, uh, <laughs> yeah. Basically that. That I was called one of them. And says I picked up a, uh, just a foul stench here. Kind of yeah, like what well, was before.
3: Well, Pat, I've, I've I've been meaning to talk to you about your personal hygiene. Uh, I, I don't,
4: I don't think Aquafresh or anything's gonna cure this. <laughs> so you guys, so as you guys are
3: enjoying this witty banter, this back and forth, all of a sudden, Frag hears some splashing, and uh, is able, to kind of, wanders through the tall grass in this kind of like clearing, the cattails, of the long grass, and looks across this clearing, and lurking out of the tall grass, kind of these big, heavy hoof beats. Uh, you see this enormous ox that looks like it might have <laughs> oh, been. Oh <laughs> no! <laughs> it looks like it might have been blue at one point for some
0: reason,
4: but
3: oh like now it's it's kind of its flesh is kind of hanging off of. It. You can see it's like skeleton at certain points, and some of the tissue that's exposed is clearly like kind of rotten and nasty. Huge ox. Kind of wandering through the swampy uh, wetlands
4: and it kind of locks eyes with you from across the clearing.
2: Save the zombie blue ox. I'll
4: I'll go back to my Paul Bunyan thing. I just like to point out
2: you called it.
0: Hey everyone, that will do it for us this time. Thank you so much for joining us. It really means a lot to us that you uh, come back and joining us again. You can find us at on iTunes, uh, Stitcher, and SoundCloud by searching for Bankston Family Fun Time. And if you want, you can email us at fun time pod at gmail.com that is f-u-n-t-i-m-e-p-o-d at gmail.com stay safe take care of each other and we will talk to you later